Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is the podcast Woman and Mythology, and I'm your host, Maria. In today's episode, we'll be looking at the symbols and the interpretation of the story of Manawe, with a special focus on the wild mate, on Manawe itself, the journey that the wild dog does, and the distractions on the road. If you haven't heard the tale and the first part of the interpretation, I invite you to return a few episodes back and listen to it. That will support your understanding of it now. So let's begin by looking at Manawe. At the same time that when we look at myths and fairy tales, we look at the characters as being within our psyche. We can also see that as it is within, it is without. So Manawe here could also be interpreted at the outer mate of a woman's life. And Manawe has its own dual nature, a human, more loving nature, more civilized nature, which is Manawe the man, and a more instinctual nature, the inner nature, the wild nature, which is symbolized by the dog. And even though the dog is described in the story as a little dog, it is actually a wild dog. One of those, you know, imagine the wild dogs in Southern Africa that are also like the wolves, pack oriented, have extreme endurance and strength. And it is the instinctual nature of Manawe, the little dog, that has the power to hear the names and to overcome the seductions. To hear the names, as we've seen in the last episode, is to understand and come into relationship with the dual nature of women. It is the instinctual nature of a man who can deeply understand the duality within a woman. The outer and the ego and the civilized self of a man cannot understand this duality. It doesn't have the depth, the ear to listen. Manawe can also be seen as the animus of a woman's psyche. That would be the part of a woman's psyche that is more related to the masculine the one that is the doer. Clarissa describes it as if the woman thinks about a painting, the animus is the arm that paints. So here we could think as well as our animus, this part of ourself that is the doer, that manifests things in the outer world as having an instinctual nature, as having a wild side and also a civilized side. In the tale, this instinctual nature is represented by the dog. And the dogs are magicians. They are messengers. They have the tenacity to keep returning. They are the ones that goes between the underworld and the topside world, the conscious and the unconscious. So it is the dog that has the power to hear the things that the ego cannot hear. It is the dog that it's not a domestic dog. It is a wild dog that has the power to think of the things that the ego by itself would never think of. So every time that Manawe man goes and try to guess the name, he tries to understand about women. He tries to come to the woman and learn about her, come into relationship with her. He fails. However, his dog, his instinctual nature has the ability to learn, has the ability to hear and know. In our last episode, I talked about the power of the names and I even invited you to share your names with your loved ones, with your partners. When you sit down to tell them your names, when you sit down to tell them, look, I listened to this story and I heard about this thing of the dual nature. 
and I'm finding it within it, me. Remember when I said to you this and then I did that? Perhaps this is of the wild nature. I want to tell you about it. Let me explain it to you. When you sit them down to say that, you cannot sit down with the outer men. You need to sit down with the instinctual nature of your partner. How you are going to claim this instinctual nature of your partner forward, that really depends. And I would say, as same as we apply to women, we perhaps should apply it to men. There are as many ways as there are men in this earth. It could be by taking them into a walk in nature, in the wild, and letting the power of nature claim this wild side. It could be in bed after making love and having that connection. It could be by telling the story. When we tell stories, the wild side, the soul side listens. The soul side is awakened to hear. So first tell the story of Manawe, then share with him or her your names. The dog is the one that has the tenacity to keep returning. The instinctual nature of the man or the instinctual nature of women's animals is the one that has the tenacity to keep returning to the task. The task here in the story is to listen to the names and to carry the names from the unconscious, from the underworld to the topside world, to the conscious, from the instinctual world to the civilized outer world. It is basically the task of the dog to listen to the names of the hut and travel back to Manawe and tell the names. And we've seen in the story that the first two attempts, he fails. He fails because he gets distracted. He first gets distracted with a bone and then gets distracted with a kumquat pie. And distractions are robbers of our time and libido. Jung says that we must apply some control in human appetite. I always say that we need to return to that wild discernment that Vasalisa learned in Baba Yaga's house, the one she learned when she separated the mild corn from the good corn, the poppy seeds from the dirt. We need to be able to discern what is a distraction and what is medicine for us. And what are the distractions that are going to take us completely away from our work and what are the distractions that we can manage? Some distractions are so big and so deep that we even forget that there was a task to begin with. So here in the story, the little dog, he forgets the names, but he remembers he has a deep work. And as soon as he finishes his bone or his kumkau pie, he realizes, mm, I forgot the name, but I know what I need to do. I need to return to the, to the hut and listen to the names again. Sometimes our distractions go so deep and for so long that we forget our deep work, that we forget we need to return to the hut. I want to read some examples of distractions from this deep work that Clarissa Pinkola Estes describes in her book, Women Who Run With the Wolves. The distractions of appetite interfere with the primary process. Not a month goes by that I do not hear an analyzed saying, well, I became distracted from my deep work because I became hot sexually and it took seven days to quench the blaze. Or because I decided this week was just the right time to give all my 500 houseplants a haircut. Or because I began seven new creative ventures, had a great time at it, and then decided that none of them 
truly showed real promise and dropped them all. So you see, the bone on the road is waiting for all of us. It has delicious stink a dog can hardly refuse. At worst, it is likely a favorite addiction, one which already has cost us and cost us. Even if we have failed time and again, we must try again till we can pass it by and get on with the primary work. I invite you to reflect here. What are your distractions? Name them. Bring it to conscious. Make it real. From the most mundane one, like social media, Netflix, to the deep ones, people-pleasing, procrastination, body concerns. The kumquat pie and the brown represents these distracting seductions. They can be delicious at first, and normally they do give us a short-term pleasure, but they are an internal element of the psyche that can be very trickerish. So it's really important that we know what our deep work is, and that's already another inquiry, to know what your deep work is and then not be distracted. Perhaps the deep work is to find the deep work, and we need to avoid getting distracted. And when we do get distracted, for us to name it as distraction, not be that kind of giving us comfort and saying to ourselves, oh, don't worry, it's just a little bit here, a little bit there. It's not going to matter. It is going to matter. We need to take a hard look at ourselves if we want to craft the life that brings us this strong sense of self, this belonging, this passion, this vitality. There is a wonderful example of how to treat a plant. Imagine that there are two plants dying inside a closet. One, you take out and you repot it. You put some nurturing soil. You Google and discover what kind of species is that plant and what kind of sunlight it needs. So you place it in a position that receives the right amount of sunlight. Perhaps you also trim it a little bit and you add water and you add some medicine for the parts that are needing. The second plant that was in the closet, you take out and you say to her, don't worry, little plant. You're so beautiful. You know, everything will be all right. Tomorrow is a new day and you'll be fine. You're going to grow strong and beautiful. And after that, you put the plant back in the closet. What is going to happen with each plant? Of course, the plants that I was given these comfort words and placed back in the closet will die. There's no other way around it. It has not received the nourishment it needs. We need to make the wild discernment to know what is comfort and what is nourishment. Nourishment will take sometimes much more work. It is much more difficult to give. It takes much more time to replant a pot, learn about it, give the medicine and tend to it than to just say a few words. But that is the nourishment the plant needs to come back to life. Do not kid yourself with these distractions. See them for what they are and give yourself the nourishment you need to thrive and the nourishment you need to continue on the road for your deep work. Another thing that can happen on this path for the deep work is the dark stranger. The dark stranger that jumps from a bush and grabs the little dog and shakes him and says, Give me the names, give me the names so I can have them. He is the predator. And if you haven't heard the episode of the predator, the episode of Bluebeard, I invite you to return and listen to it. The dark stranger here is this predator. It is the force that 
kills, a force that is innate to humans. It's a force that lives within us. It is attracted to the light. It is attracted to duality. However, it wants things in a perfect way. It wants to control. It wants to manipulate. So the dark stranger might also pop out in the road while you are on the path to integrate the dual nature. It will try to rob your names. The dark stranger, the predator in this case, might be a voice, an internal complex in your psyche that says things like this. Do not care for what the soul wants. If you get that job, that house, that type of family, that dynamic, that appearance, you will be happy. In some ways, the dark stranger here is controlling and killing your soul self. It could also be the opposite. It could say things like, oh, do not care for the outer world. It doesn't matter if you are financially stable. It doesn't matter if you have insurance and access to health care. It doesn't matter any of this if you are in the middle of a waterfall. The truth is, it does matter. The world we live in, it does matter. We need to care for ourselves. And that means to care for our soul life, to care for our creative life, our spiritual life, but also to care for our outer world. Are we fed? Are we sleeping somewhere we feel safe? Are we able to afford the things that brings us joy and happiness? And I don't say that in a mundane way, but in a way that feeds your soul. Are you able to afford time? The soul needs time. Time to practice the things that the soul loves. Are you able to afford time? The predator comes to destroy all these things. So we also need to be aware of that voice. I won't go much longer on the predator and I'll just invite you to return to the Bluebeard episode and put it into relation to the dual nature. And I'm sure you will have some insights on how it can operate. Beautifully in our story, the little dog has so much tenacity that he doesn't fall into the predator's hands. He first falls into two distractions, but that gives him some experience. So when he feels the distractions later on, he will reject them. And I think that's part of every woman's journey. We have experience with the distractions. We see how destructive they can be, how distracting they can be. And then we have the strength to refuse it. When the dark stranger appears, he also has the strength to not give the names, to not release the duality of her nature or the nature of the women to the predator. He has the strength to continue and he finally brings it to Manawe. And Manawe tends to the little dog which means he brings it to consciousness. He brings it from the instinctual, unconscious nature to the conscious nature of Manawe. And Manawe takes it to the father, to the part that is the watchman of a woman's psyche. And after that, he comes into integration with the dual nature of women. I believe when we think about Manawe and the distractions, the big question is, what is keeping you from doing your soul work and developing your integrated self? And what are the distractions and name robbers on your way to this work? I hope this episode has brought you some insights and ideas. In our next episode, I'll share with you the story of skeleton women, 
a story about the life-death-life nature. Until then, I invite you to connect with me on Instagram at Women and Mythology or through my website, womanandmythology.com. I hope to hear from you and I wish you the tenacity of the little dog as you go about to do your deep work. <laughs>